From the Vegas Golden Knights, this is SLGND. I'm Dan Duva. Our guest today is Mark Stone, captain of the Golden Knights, playing his 11th season of pro hockey. Since coming to Vegas at the trade deadline in 2019, he's the Knights' top scorer, regular season and playoffs combined. If you're counting along, one point more than Jonathan Marcheseau. Stone has been Vegas captain since the start of season three, but his health became an issue at the end of season four. Limited to 37 games in season five, he had back surgery in May. And with his rehabilitation on track, he's played each of the night's first nine games this season. Our conversation with Mark is next, followed by an early season synopsis from Shane Knighty, Gary Lawless, Dave Gosher, and me. Later, we'll listen back to our conversations with Phil Kessel and his dad, Phil Kessel Sr. First, here's Mark Stone with me, Shane, Gary, and Dave. Mark, the team off to a a terrific start here through the first nine games as we sit here at this taping. As you look at it, captain of this group and a key part of it, what are some of the reasons for the success? I think our defensive game's been good. Uh, Getting some timely goals. Um, Not taking ourselves out of any game, I guess. You know, I think we could have won all nine. Um, You're not going to win every game, but when you're in every game, you're probably going to give yourself a pretty good chance to win them. And uh, I think we've done that so far. Taking care of business against the teams we need to take care of care of business about well I, I watched the video of you sort of honoring phil kessel the other night and all the other stuff aside just the person how much fun has it been for you guys to to have him come in and be part of your thing and how there seems to be like a really fantastic vibe down there how much of a part has his presence been part of that yeah he adds an element uh, he's a real uh, real character uh, uh, and a character person so um, like I said in that video, we like to joke around with them all, all a lot, but um, it was a pretty cool thing to uh, be a part of history with uh, with that. It's going to be a pretty tough record to break, and um, you know I think it uh, just shows uh, how much he enjoys the game. How would you describe Phil's personality to someone who's never met him? Uh, just watch a few videos, and that's what you see is what you get with him. Um, happy-go-lucky. Um, Enjoys coming to the rink, being part of a team, uh, which uh, not everybody um, kind of has that mindset every day, but he has it every day, which is uh, just adds a fun element coming to the rink. So as part of the success this year, you know, last year we all know the injuries, yourself, everybody included. Uh, coming into this season, a new coach you've had a lot, uh, different coaches had new players like Phil Kessel coming in. And how easy is everything kind of come together with the coaching staff, some new faces like a Phil Kessel in this room? And, and how has that added all up for you guys? Maybe has that been a big part of this start for you? Yeah, I think so. I, I still don't think we're playing like quite where we want to be playing. I think we're still learning some things. Um, but having a full camp was good. Having everybody a part of it was good. Um, but like I said, I think we still get to another level. Uh, the teams that, we're beat, uh, that we lost to, those are teams we want to be competing with uh, down the stretch. We want to be beating them. So um, still things we got to learn. But um, we've definitely gelled together quickly this year, which, is, which has been great. Are you starting to feel like your old self? Yeah, I feel good. Um, definitely not complaining. Uh, feel good after games, which is nice. Um, still get kind of catching up, uh, trying to get back to the – uh, top speed that I feel I can get to, but um, I think it's coming. Was there any point last year where you felt decent, or did you feel like crap the whole season? There were games, yeah, that I felt good, but um, I was always just nervous, ticking time bomb, right? Uh, at some point it was going to go, and um, I don't know. <laughs> I feel good now, so I don't really want to think too much, too far yeah. back of last year. Um, just glad I was able to get it to get taken care of and continue on. No game tonight, so uh, you got a Saturday afternoon off in Vegas. What uh, what are you gonna do? Uh, watch hockey, <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh, Battle of Alberta tonight. We'll watch my brother for sure. Um, I think the Kachucks are playing to get, uh, actually right now as we speak. Uh, probably tune into the Toronto um, LA game at four, and that'll lead right into the uh, the Calgary game. So. Um, Probably just head home, relax, uh, watch a little bit of hockey, have some dinner, and uh, get ready for tomorrow. Yeah, will you get your dogs out? Do you do much of that? 
No, I'm sure my wife's uh, walked them already. No kidding, eh? <laughs> Walk or just let them out the door in the yard? Uh, she goes, yeah, we usually just let them out the door in the back, but uh, they just go run around for 30, 40 minutes. There are some guys, Mark, that, uh, you know, that don't watch a lot of hockey. I, you know, not, I think they get hockeyed out maybe because you're around it every day as a player, mm-hmm. but you strike me obviously as not one of those guys. You're pretty tuned into what's going on in the league. Yeah, I like watching. Um, I like watching sports in general, right? So um, watched some college football games today. We were watching the Ohio State uh, Penn State game, which was those are always fun to watch. But uh, Saturday nights for me are the best. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we rarely get them off, so. Uh, I'll tune in to Hockey in Canada. Um, like I said, I'll watch the Kachuk brothers here in, uh, next, and, uh, and I can't wait to watch my brother play. I have a question I've been waiting to ask you, and I thought this would be the perfect thing, and I don't know if you can explain it all to me, but I want you to try and explain your stick situation to me <laughs> because I know you... I've asked different guys, and they just uh, Jack said he doesn't. You got you shorten your blade. He says he doesn't know how you play with that. But do you and you use a different one for practice and games? And then your the the, the knob end you tape up is the size of a, a baseball bat. Mm-hmm. Um, just where did it all come? Where does it evolve? Why? Even even when I watch you in warm up, you always do the same thing. You shoot, and then you rub the blade down. I'm just where did all the is that just your rituals? Huh, that was habit. I think most of the stuff on ice is habit. Just on like, ice is habit. Haven't been able to shed. Um, the stick thing really started, I don't know, maybe my first year in Ottawa, probably. Yeah. Once I was able to like try stuff, probably the worst thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> um, so I started trying a bunch of stuff, couldn't get what I liked, and then I ended up with small blade, then I ended up with big blade, then I went down to middle blade, and now I use a couple different ones at uh, practice. Sounds really ridiculous, but to try and make it feel horrible so that when I start the game, the game stick feels great. So you want a practice stick that feels horrible, so your yeah. game stick feels great. Yeah. I should have tried that. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the things, when when we talk about, for maybe someone who hasn't had this experience, what are you trying to get? What are you trying to feel in one stick versus another? What are you trying to get toward? Well, I think it's more of a look, right? Um, I like to look down and for it to look perfect, so... If I don't do that, if I if I have my game stick and I come over practice and it doesn't look perfect, then I'm completely toast for the next <laughs> game. So I just bring out a stick that I know is not going to look good, so that my game stick does look good. Yeah, you actually, I, I think there's more than more guys than me that yeah. do this. Oh, there is. I <laughs> yeah, play with like, guys. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's guys. I play like Peter Bond back yeah. when, like when guys were still curving, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's just like, it, it fascinates me. Like you see Kucherov, I think he uses yeah. Kane's curve sometimes in warmups. Um, Ovechkin uses a different tape job in warm-ups. Ilya Kovalchuk, who scored 60 goals, went in a slump, but he tried one of my sticks. That didn't <laughs> last long. Know, and just did and for didn't like, score any. Like, yeah, he's like, well, this thing this sucks. But he's like, he was, yeah, there's people who try different things. It's just, uh, yeah, I've wanted to ask you for a long time about that. I know yeah. what you mean about the wanting, like, well, before I go on TV, I look in the mirror. If I don't look perfect, <laughs> it, it's terrible. So it's as good as it's going to get. Th- thankfully, it's it, perfect is pretty easy yeah, to get to. It, TV gets a nice dialed in for you. <laughs> you got people for that, don't you? Guys? Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. You're wearing it. He's you're, got people. You've got an Aerosmith sweatshirt on, and uh, we had Eichel on. We talked a bunch of music with him. Uh, music, big part of your life? Uh, not crazy, but I'm a more of like a rock music type guy. I'm not into the computer type music and the other stuff. I've always loved going to see people play a guitar, the drums, and have a singer. You know, more of a band type thing. So every concert I go to, I like. So these guys, well, Dave's in a band, but Dave and Shane go to uh, to barbershop at Cosmo a lot. Yeah, I like that one. Have you been there? Oh, yeah. Yeah? It's great. Yeah. It's, it's great. Awesome, it's the best right? place. Well, yeah. Just explain what barbershop is so well, it's for the listener. It's a house band that's yeah. professionals. Yeah. Guys like from Saturday Garden and the guys that Lifehouse. Play, guys that play in shows in Vegas. Yeah. yeah. And they and always are, play the outfield for me, so that's good when I can hear that. Joe says, I don't make it. They do play all the hits, though. Yeah. They get her dialed in. Do you guys ever get music on your bus? So after games, we have a speaker. Mm-hmm. There's no coaches or George or Kelly on our bus. So win or lost, like after we get, you know, after your bus gets ahead of us and we know that no one on that bus could hear us, we crank up the music and we, uh, do you guys get to have music on your bus? No, we don't have tunes on the bus. After a loss, definitely no. No, for sure. Oh, no, but after a win. Talks, it's like, Who runs yeah. it in the room? Uh, it's a, That's the one thing, like, I, I complain about the music in the room, but then I also understand it's like a 
the worst responsibility, right? Like, yeah, you can't believe it's, it's, you like, know, it's no a thankless one, job. And you don't exactly. want it. You don't want no, it. No, I don't want to do it. But <laughs> I want the music that I want. But um, Theo and Stevie, I think, get yeah. it dialed in. See, I took it over once, and I did 80s. And Claude Julien loved it. He's like, oh, yeah, finally good yeah. music. And we went on a one. We were winning, so it was like Keep fine. it up. Like, yeah, it was like Bob O'Reilly. You know, oh, he plays yeah. some good pump up tunes. So who have you not seen entertainment-wise you want to see? Do you have a top... Um, of your list you're in a pretty good city to see some shows yeah i mean i've seen shania now that was pretty cool um the local band well i guess they're local but uh is the killers i want to see yeah. the killers yeah. really bad uh they're one of my favorite bands and they were here i think the 28th of august and i missed them by like a day yeah uh, so i didn't get to see so them. you do like, like some country shania yeah i like country yeah, music yeah. too yeah nice. yeah Matt, i he's got like yeah country. i go through some phases for sure what what's that like uh uh, you mentioned three times or twice, anyways, that you were going to watch your brother. You're excited about that. His career is almost over, right? Like he went like a long stretch yeah. where he couldn't, they wouldn't let him play. And then he gets <laughs> into the playoffs last year and he starts putting the puck in the net. He's got he's got a bomb too from the point. What's it like watching your brother and and how happy for you are you for him that he's kind of put things back together? Yeah, it's great. I just need an opportunity, right? Um, I think last year. I don't think they had a D-man get hurt the whole season. So, uh, And when they're having success, um, it's hard to change the lineup. And I think Daryl was brutally honest with them. <laughs> the team was winning and, you know, we're not changing the lineup. So he actually appreciates that. But uh, when Branson moved on, he saw um, a little hole there for him to, to try and stay. Went in PTO, earned it, and now he's uh, having success. So it's great to see. You mentioned the Kachuks playing against each other as we speak. I won't give you the score. Well, I'll give you the score. It's one nothing. I won't tell you who's winning. There you go. You can look at it later. Who scored? <laughs> yeah, Kachuk. <laughs> Carter for Hagee. Yeah. Why are you Brady so close? Uh, living together in those three months was pretty pretty cool. Um, never really seen a young guy come in and just feel comfortable in his own skin. It was pretty pretty fun to have him around, and not just him, but his his whole family. Right, his mom and dad were. Um, it almost felt bad how, that he was living with us. You know, they come in. Bottles of wine, take you out for dinner. Um, just so appreciative. So, um, just love hanging around with them. I was going to ask you, Mark, about uh, you know the the, the Kachuks are playing against yeah. each other right now. You've played against Michael a bunch, including just earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Does it ever seem normal, or does it always seem a little bit strange when you're playing against each other? Yeah, I think it is normal now. I mean, the yeah. first couple of years we were young, right? So I think I was 16. He was 18. That was the first time we ever played. Um, it was that was definitely weird. That's um, in the Western Hockey League. Western Hockey League, yeah. So that was definitely weird. Um, and then we played two playoff series against each other in the back-to-back years in the Western League, which that was also awful for my mom and dad. But <laughs> um, the NHL, we've just had normal regular season games, so it's it has, it's pretty normal now. You've, but, you've got an old move, so you don't have to worry about this. We could all get fired, or I could get fired. A lot of people hoping we'll you, Kelly, <laughs> Kelly, Don't get our hopes up. Come on, no. Kelly McCrimmon, oh. good coach. Good coach, yeah, very good coach. Yeah. yeah. What, yeah. what was he good about? What was good about him? Um, he liked the offensive guys. Uh, <laughs> so that was nice. Uh, we scored a lot of goals when I was there. Um, thought he did a good job running the bench. Um, put guys in the right situations. I, I don't know. I just loved playing with Brandon. Um, he was the coach for three years, and then he left the fourth. So, not left, but didn't coach. Um, but yeah, he was great. Uh, He's really key for my development for sure. Why'd you like playing with Brandon? Good fans, um, kind of that small juniors type city, right? Um, close to Nipah. Close to Nipah, of yeah. course. Yeah. <laughs> of course, who wouldn't want to go to Nipah? <laughs> Have you seen the sign for the golf tournament? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Played in Shane's night golf tournament yeah. a couple times. Have you yeah. seen the sign? The welcome to Nipah sign. You know who's on the sign? Think. There's think, lots of think, think, all those small things. Don't think too hard yeah. about it. Eddie Belfour, Eddie Belfour, yeah. Carmen, Carmen, yeah. Carmen yeah. And then you go out a little further, like Ron Lowe and Pat Fallon, Darren Helm and St. Andrews, St. Andrews, yeah. yeah. Cottage yeah. See, you, Dave, you just screwed. You guys just should have grown up in a small town. I know, I did. Well, yeah, but I wasn't. I just did, did, did nothing of any note. To, did, do you do you have a sign? No, no. Winnipeg, there's too many. Taves has a Taves has a rink after him. Or a facility, or was that yeah, a whole complex, complex idea? Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah. No, I don't have anything. I guess you got to win something first so, year. So do you enjoy? So you go yeah. back summer. Are you Lake of the Woods guy? Love Lake of the Woods. Yeah. So do you have a place there? Parents. So family yeah. cottage. Family cottage. Yeah. Lake of the Woods is for the listeners. 
Winnipeg is uh, it's two hours east of Winnipeg, in just Ontario. into the Ontario border, and it's uh, one of the nicest lakes in uh, in Canada. I would say North America. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's massive. Kind of leads into what Minnesota, I guess, yeah. it was yeah. into and cool, cool little town. Uh, you can get whatever you need. You get some cool restaurants, cool pubs. People, there's so many people out on that lake. There's a lot of hockey players out yeah, there. Yeah, it just keeps keeps growing. That's where Mike Richards is from. He's got a cool cool spot down there too. Do you fish or do you wake surf or what do you do? A little bit of both. This year it was tough. The water yeah. was so high. I felt bad for everybody, right? All the docks were yep. in the middle of the lake, so it was tough. But um, yeah, we like to go. My dad loves fishing, uh, so we just, we're not very good at it. But um, Shane and I got our limits. We both went. Yeah, we yeah, did yeah. go together, but I went one night and he went one night. And- we hammered. Yeah, it's great for walleye fishing. Um, whenever we're struggling, we just call uh, one of our buddies who's a guide, and we just say, all right, yeah. we need you. <laughs> we need to know where the fish are. Yeah. Send us out. It's, it's a massive lake. <laughs> massive. Massive. Yeah. yeah, if you're not willing to travel in that lake, you're not going to catch yeah, that many fish, so you got to find your find your spots. Are you able to get away in the summer, Mark, when you do that and just kind of decompress away from all this and the pressure that comes with what you do yeah for sure i think this we were the, the funnest weeks is when my brother and his family comes so he's got the three kids and we're usually there for two three weeks uh, all together and we don't really think about anything but i guess watching baseball at night and doing stuff during the during the day with the kids it's, uh, it's a lot of fun what's been the best part of this for you here in vegas not on the ice just day-to-day living here in the city um there's a ton of stuff uh but it's just a simple lifestyle, right? Even though it's Las Vegas, it's easy to get where you need to be. You know, grocery stores are close. Um, gyms for people who need to, my wife needs to go gym. There's gyms. Um, getting on the freeways is easy. There's no traffic. Getting where you need to go, it's, it's really just an easy lifestyle. And the weather doesn't uh, doesn't hurt either. I just had one last. How confident are you in this group? You've played on a lot of teams. And uh, I know it's still early, but... Just what you guys have been able to do here early, the way you guys have been able to bond. I know you're coming off a Halloween party, and just this whole group and everything. Is there, is there a renewed sense of uh, a lot of confidence, swagger, if you want, in that room? Yeah, I think we're getting it back. Um, I think you can kind of tell when you're winning games, maybe you're not playing your best. I, I thought we played pretty good yesterday, but not great. But we're still winning the games, getting the key goals from tons of different guys. So. Um, yeah, I think there's, like you said, there's still tons of improvement that we need to need to make. But uh, from top to bottom, with the goalies playing well, our defense is playing well, and we're we're, we're scoring. Uh, and I still think we can find another level at, at each one. I got one last one. All right, these guys make fun of me all the time, but I know that you are a Blue Bomber fan. Yeah, oh, yeah. Three Pete this year. Uh, I gotta assume. <laughs> Aren't they the best team? They're fi- they 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 won. <laughs> Do you know all the teams? I can name all the teams. Well, they finished fifteen and three. They just they yeah. won their game yesterday. <laughs> Only They're five whole... teams in the league. Nine. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> I just give them. And I was hard to be a bomber fan. Name. I was saying. Uh, I always tell people like they didn't win a single championship in my lifetime until 2019. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, how oh, we don't win one? This is how old. And I now am. we never lose. Yeah. I was in Ottawa when they won their last one in 1988, and then they didn't win again. Until 2019. Gary, we were in Dallas, right? Yep. Gary set up a little viewing for us all. We had a great cup party in Dallas. Yeah. We're having a great cup party in Vancouver. I've already got. uh, That's where we are? Yeah, we're in Vancouver. Easier to get coverage, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, in Dallas, the the, the bar we went to was owned by a Canadian. So so the, the Cowboys were playing. And they had the Blue Bombers and the Tiger Cats on while the Cowboys were playing in the bar. It was pretty cool. They're like, who are those guys? (laughs) So if you'd like to stop by the Great Cup party, just let us know. They can have their own. This is nice, though. I mean, Canadian, you get two two parties, right? You get the Great Cup and the Super Bowl. There you go. Mark, thanks so much for this. Great to see you back healthy again. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. That was Mark Stone talking with us Saturday in Studio 31. Coming up next, Shane, Gary, Dave, and I discuss the Golden Knights' start to the season. This is SLGND, presented by the D-Hotel. One of the best rivalries in all of sports is coming to the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson on Thursday, December 15th. The U.S. and Canadian national women's hockey teams have battled on Olympic and World Championship stages for decades, and now they're coming to the Vegas Valley. Visit thedollarloancenter.com to get tickets and see the best in the world face off on December 15th. Now back to our conversation about the Golden Knights. Here's Dave. 
Golden Knights off to a terrific start, guys, as we sit here now at 7-2. and two, um, Fantastic start under their new head coach, Bruce Cassidy. Shane, when you look at it, you, you know, you don't know. A team that missed the playoffs last year, bringing a new coach, bringing a new assistant coach in John Stevens, bringing a new goaltending coach in Sean Burke. You're not sure how it's going to go early on, but what are some of the reasons that have caught your eye as to why they're at where they're at right now? Well, and it, it, it kind of validates what we talked about last season all along. They weren't healthy. So they're healthy now. You're seeing a healthy, talented team. Now, you add in the pieces that the coaching staff, uh, Bruce Cassidy, John Stevens, uh, Ryan Craig, Misha Donskoff, Sean Burke, what they're able to do and come in. And the, the system they play, it's getting better and better. And... You know, we talked about it. Gary and I talked about it just before we came on. He said he liked, you know, I always use the term as a coach, it's easier to sell your system when you have success. And that's what they've been getting. And I think that's, that's you know, sped things up because guys will buy in a lot quicker to that. And then on top of that, the, the biggest question coming here, the goaltending has not been an issue whatsoever. It's been a strength. Um, so you put all those things together and just – They've found ways. They've been in every game and, uh, you know, finding ways to win. A lot of uh, depth scoring, a lot of forward. Everybody, just about all the forwards have a goal this season, except one. I like to listen to Shane. I know that sounds yeah, that's as rare. You're the one. Comes, I don't listen to him. It comes as a big surprise There's to two, my mom. I, yeah. sat next to him, I sat next to him every game for the last yeah. five. I don't listen well, to him. Well, last night in the pregame show, a postgame show, at the end of the win over the Ducks, Shane said, the sale – is now easier. And I put that in my brain and waited until we saw the players next and walked around the room after practice and said, is it easier to buy into Bruce's system now that you're winning? Mm. And one of the players said to me, well, it's not even Bruce's system anymore because we're winning. It's ours now. (laughs) (laughs) Took ownership of Bruce Cassidy's system. If they weren't weren't winning, (laughs) if they were. And and then he (laughs) went on and said, it's really interesting in that the bottom six guys have to play the same basically all the time. And he goes, the guys that get hammered on this team are the top six guys. Because when they start to drift away, Bruce snaps them. He holds them accountable on the bench right away. They know. As soon as they get loosey-goosey, there are comments on the bench. That's not the way we play. And they get back to where they're supposed to be. And the player said, look, if the top six guys don't buy in, you're – that's who gets guys fired. The tops, the bottom six guys don't get coaches fired. It's the top six guys. The top six guys have bought in. They're doing what Bruce wants them to do, and the team's winning. So, again, the little comment from Shane, you can extrapolate that and really dig down to find out what's truly going on with this team right now. And it is – health is for sure a huge factor. I also think that they're really happy. Yeah, there's a, there's a good there's a different atmosphere. There's a, you know it's it's a always oh, use the breath of fresh air, but whatever you want to call it, that room this year they came in. It's it's a completely different attitude, mindset, and uh, it's and let's see, it's a lot more fun when you're winning games. I'll have to start listening to Shane more. Yeah, you, you Dan, should start. I should. Uh, Dan, what have you seen from the radio perch? Well, Phil Kessel's been a big storyline the first couple weeks of the season. And it's fun to witness and describe history. But then the the next part of it is not just about Phil, because Phil doesn't want it to be about him. So then we've kind of looked, all right, well, how about for the players and the coaches and the the whole team at large to be part of it? And, um, you know, Gary, you talked about Bruce Cassidy has put this in terms of, um, you know, the team coming together, uh, rallying around someone like Phil Kessel and you kind of ask different guys around the room what's Phil like what is it like to be part of all of this and even guys who don't often provide the most articulate long-winded answers they just keep on going about how much they like Phil he's goofy even though he doesn't try to be everybody's got a Phil story he's so competitive not just on the ice, but, you know, just playing ping pong with Jonathan Marcheseau or, or, you know, playing cards with the guys, all those little things. So while there's a new coaching staff and that breath, uh, breath of fresh air, there's something pretty neat about the history that this team has rallied around. Oh, and by the way, Phil's played well. I mean, he scores his 400th goal in consecutive game 9-9. And I wonder with Phil, you know, right now he's in a third-line role. You know, he was with Eichel and – 
and um, uh, Smith for a while. It didn't really seem to jo- – the preseason was good, and then for whatever reason it kind of lost its its energy. And I, I, I think back to when the Penguins won back-to-back cups. He was on the third line. Yeah. The HBK. The HBK line, right? With with Benino and, and Hagelin. And I don't know. I don't know how it's going to filter out as the season goes on. But, you know, if if you could get him to chip in, you know, he's got one goal now through the yeah. first nine games. But if he chipped in 15 or 20. Yeah. I, I, I don't see why he can't. Third line. On your third well, line. And, and get the power play going. You're starting yeah. to see the power yeah. play, you know, kind of. And it, to me, he kind of is the key cog on that one unit. He's really good on the half wall. He's a good passer. He sees the ice well. And it's just a matter for him, you know, because he's he's played it his whole life. It's just, you know, kind of getting situated with the new players. And um, but and just back to what Dan said when I said breath of fresh air, the, the makeup of the room, character, personality, uniqueness, that that goes a long way. And that's, that's certainly uh, – some adjectives to describe Phil. Yeah, and, and Bruce Cassidy on the pregame show before game 989 talked about the conversation he had with Phil going into the record-tying game, that this was going to be the day Phil was going to be moved to the third line and that it just wasn't posted on a screen or a whiteboard someplace, that they had a meeting, talked about it, and then talked about other stuff like getting situated in Vegas because they share that. And Bruce has reiterated in every conversation I've had with him in the that one and the couple of games since that Phil just wants to play. And he's good with playing wherever he's going to play. He wants the minutes that he's going to get. And that's kind of built in because he's going to be on that second power play. So the way that the Bruce has talked about it, well, you know, you're going to try to find the right combinations. What it is today could be different in two weeks or two months. But right now, this is what it is. And Phil's okay with all of that. He's going to play. Bruce said after the game last night, he said he's 35. He's not getting 19 minutes a game anymore. Those days are gone. I've told him that. He understands that. He's fine with that. The thing with Bruce, though, is like you look at the, the time on ice right now, the average time on ice, like Mark Stone is the top time on ice for the forwards. He's, he's under 16 minutes, and everybody's over 10. Uh, and Kessel right around 13 right now, I believe. So uh, everybody's getting uh, a little less opportunity. The shift length is really good. There's a whole bunch of indicators that they are really buying into a team game here. I talked to Jack Eichel for a little bit today, and he's like, we love the way we're playing. We're really enjoying what we're doing right now and what we're accomplishing. And this is coming from a guy who's used to being able to call his own number as much as he wants. And that's not the case anymore. This is a real team concept. Yeah, Kessel's at about 13 and a half, right? Yeah. They don't have any forward, to your point, Gary. No one's no one's over 20. No one's even close to over 20, forward-wise. For, no Defense-wise, you mean? Yeah, de- no, yeah. forward-wise. For, yeah, what's the top forward? Is 16, Stone, isn't it? Yeah. No, no, Stone's 19 and change. Oh, Stone's 19 okay, and change, sorry. but right. no one's at, you know, at but 20 no yet. And no one's below 10. Right. Yeah. Yeah, what's the top D? Uh, 20. Petrangelo's, Petrangelo's 20, 20 almost, just under almost 24. 24. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, he's, and he's top 25 in the league, and yeah. the next closest guy is a couple minutes below that. And, you know, it's interesting, Shane. We talked about this with Petrangelo on TV a couple of games ago. I, I was kind of curious because, you know, you look at his ice time. He, he's led the Blues forever in ice time. He's led the Golden Knights here the last two seasons in ice time. And he was saying to me, and I'm sure you could, you know, it's the type of minutes you play. There are games you could be on the ice for 18 minutes and you can't get out of your own end and you're yeah. just, and and it feels like you played 26 minutes. And then there's nights you play 26 and it feels like you played 18. A lot of it is within the game. He tries not to overextend himself. He's smart enough to conserve his energy when he has to during a game and you know just as a, as a veteran guy, you look at his minutes, they're down a little bit from last year. You know, some of that's probably you get a healthy Alec Martinez to eat up some of that with him too, but you know, the game within the game sometimes, the type of minutes these guys are playing, that's a big factor over the course well, of the while. Well, it is. And I, and I have no problem with taking down minutes. It's a long season. And, you know, one of those things when you go in, you think of them being shorthanded with health for the past two years, you tax players. You know, there's the, the great debate still out there about Connor McDavid and his 24 minutes he plays a night for a full season. And, you know, does that wear you down come playoff time? I think it's better anytime you can, and I think for health reasons, it's beneficial. Um, certainly guys want to play more ice, but you're right. There's different types of minutes, and I think the minutes they're playing right now because they, 
they they have a structure. They're starting to understand in a way they play, um, and then depth. It's 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 all about the buy-in. You know, you don't mind playing a few less minutes if if the W's keep coming in. That that's hey. Whatever. What do you need me to do? And I think that's another thing that's kind of been there. And Gary said that the bottom six, no, I think the decor, there is really definitive roles, which is important for the overall success as individuals. When you understand and know your role that, and you play it to the best of your ability without worry of this, that your importance is just the same as somebody else's role. Who's maybe at that 19 minute and yours is at 13. But if you do your role, it, it all adds up to team success. And that's, that's how you get championship teams. I'll start with you, Dave. Seven and two. It's great, but it's October. Mm-hmm. Million-dollar question. Are they for real? I think is, they, is this legit? Yeah, and I think they are, Gary. Just by the way, they a couple of things that have stood out to me. They're, they don't chase the game much. One of the reasons the ice time is the way it is, is they're not – how many times have they had to try to rally late to tie games? Well, the Calgary game they gave up, you know, they fell behind, but they led a good chunk of that game. And then Colorado, right? The, the two games they've lost to this point. So I do think they're for real. A because they were a good team last year without with all the all the injuries. They're a playoff team this year. So far, knock on any wood you can find, they're a healthy team. Um, and just how they they don't give up much. As we sit here right now, they've given up 16 goals in nine games. If you can play good team defense. They have more than enough talent up front to be able to score goals to win on a regular basis. Follow that up, Dave, with 12-2 to two in the first period. Yeah, You're going to be playing ahead. You're going to play in the system when yeah. you've got that kind of first period advantage. And then the other part of it is, and Bruce Cassidy has said this repeatedly now, they're not giving up bad goals. Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill, it's two goals against average and below save percentages in the 930s for for both guys. It has been reliable. But Bruce also pointed out those guys don't have to be and haven't been the number one star every night. It so happens that Logan Thompson had a shutout, so he ends up as a star. But that is not something that they're relying on. And you had hopes that Logan Thompson could be a reliable NHL regular and, you know, nine games is a relatively small sample size. He hasn't played 30 NHL games yet in his career. That will be the thing to watch where, with the system growing, do the goaltenders continue with it? And it, it has shown, shown no signs of wear through the first nine games. That'll be the thing to watch. I think everything else, again, the, the health notwithstanding, looks to be on track. Oh, I believe it. And, and Dave and I did a, a coach's uh, kind of Q&A the other night. And I asked Bruce Cassidy the question because I knew the answer because I'd been on teams where you have it. I said, I said, what's the most important thing, you know, in a long grinding season that, you know, your team needs to have? And that's the identity, the structure, right? And because not every night you're going to feel great. 82 games. Dave's a, a C plus on forty of them. <laughs> I was going to say sixty five. Um, um, <laughs> and a B minus on but, the other. Hold on, a C plus on forty of them. Well, okay. I was going to say sixty five and a B minus on the other seventeen. But well, we don't do we don't call you know, all of them. But whatever. But but for a hockey player, and and so when you have, you don't you're not feeling it that night. What do you rely on? You rely on the details, the fundamentals. That that what makes you successful as a team. You can always fall back on that. If the legs aren't right or your mind's a little bit off, there's, there's something always to go back to, and they're building that. That, to me, is so important, uh, and it really is because – and he kind of elaborated on that, Dave. He said, he, what I like is, I don't mind, you know, if we're at a B game, you know, you can, you can try and slowly get to your A, but the problem is not to have, like, a C game like Dave has. You know, you don't want, you don't want him to get – you don't want to be too bad. You've, and because of your system, because of that structure that you've built in, that identity of how your team wants to play, that can save you a lot of nights when you don't have that energy. So that's, that's what makes good teams because they're able to overcome. The game in San Jose after the second period, right? You guys were there on, on radio, and he said the message was – there's a difference between good teams and average and bad teams and good teams do not beat themselves. You know, they don't cost themselves games, but he also said, you know, the message was about expectations, you know, and this is how we are expected to play. 
look, it's the back and a back to back. It's still early in the season. Yeah. They hadn't played a back to back yet, but they, they should be fine. And it's against a team, let's face it, guys. And we said this last night on Shane on TV. You know, they have beaten the teams, quite honestly, they should beat. They've beaten Chicago, they've beaten San Jose, they've beaten Anaheim. Uh, who else is it? They beat Seattle. You know, LA's off to a rough start. They beat Winnipeg. They're a little bit better recently, but when the Golden Knights met them, they weren't playing very well. So that's part of it, too. You know, over the course of a long year, we saw last season, Gary, a lot of some teams make the playoffs comfortably. The Golden Knights in their first four years made it pretty comfortably. Sometimes it comes down to a game or two. You piss away points in October. Kick away points in October. Kick away. Well, I like the it first is a version. podcast. Yeah, um, <laughs> those points can come back well, and, and bite you in the uh, in the can area last, in March and April. Yeah, last year was later. weren't they first place? They were in yeah. first, first place, place on, on the All Star first place in the division on February first. Yes, and, they, uh, and then they limped. <laughs> Dramatically you know, so sometimes, you know, hopefully it won't come down to that with yeah. this team this year, but who knows? I, I, I point to a couple of things. Uh, I don't think Jack Eichel is anywhere near where he's no, going to get. I think there's, gonna a, elevate. there's a ton of growth there. Uh, Mark Stone is starting to play better, but, you know, he has he, he didn't work out all summer. He had surgery, and then he kind of just healed. He's got He's still getting in shape. Mark Stone is still getting in shape. And, uh, you know, that's that's going to be a big factor. Alec Martinez missed a ton of hockey. I think his game is still uh, rounding into shape. So uh, all of those, like that, the possibility for growth within the lineup really suggests to me that this team is just going to get better and better as, as time goes on. The other kind of thing that um, you mentioned, the comeback and the win in San Jose, Aiden Hill, I talked to him about it, and he said, you know, I've been on, every team I've ever been on has sat around after a bad period and said, hey, guys, we gotta be, we got to be better. we got to be better. He goes, um, I've never seen an NHL team actually do it. Well, he's been in Arizona. <laughs> exactly, that's what he said. Like, he, was, he, well, said, he, said he, go, he said, it's one thing for, for guys to say, hey, let's go be better. I've never seen it happen. I just watched it happen. He goes, it was a lot of fun to be in the crease and watch our guys go to work. And, well, they dismantled the Sharks in the third period and walked out of the building with, uh, you know, uh, two points, a happy Phil Kessel night, and uh, uh, all that uh, all that good stuff. So, exciting. They score a lot. You know, they don't give much. Of, how about this as a recipe for success? They don't give up much and they score a lot. Oh, look at Dave. <laughs> look how that, about that? You don't just get that kind of good fast talk Eddie, anywhere, That's you know? fast Eddie Felsen from the color of money. That's right. It's not what you make, it's what you leave. That's exactly right. How many uh, games, Dan, it's a, it's a bunch. They've scored more than four, what, six of the, yeah, six of the nine they played so far, I think. They've scored, I mean, they don't, what's, what's a note our guy Ray LaBeouf has on TV, Shane, our main stat yeah. guy. They've scored five times in the first five minutes of a game. Yeah. They don't, most nights don't kind of tiptoe their way into the into the ocean. They're and that was another point of emphasis from the coaching staff coming yeah. in their starts. Yeah, and so they've they've right. been able to respond now. And what we said, it is early. Sure, like I think I think it's you know see them. This road trip's going to be. How, what does it look like after this five yeah. game road trip? Yeah, but a bunch of those games you thought were going to be tap ins on that road trip, Ottawa, Buffalo. Montreal. 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 All of a sudden, they're playing pretty good hockey. Yeah. So that'll be that'll be interesting. Since I mentioned it, The yeah. Color of Money. Yeah. Underrated movie theme song. Eric Clapton. Oh, it's in the way that it's you use it. It's in the way that you use it. The, I remember that one. Yeah. Yep. You should get that. That should be uh, double minor. That should be in the double minors. Okay. New, uh, Clapton. I'll pass He's, that along to Clapton's the guys. easy to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not complicated. <laughs> Just your run of the mill guitar player. Um, the, the, the vocal track in that song yeah. is tremendous. Fantastic. Too. So as we sit here right now, you know, the Golden Knights are right up there among the best teams in the league is it's funny i think it's funny bruce cassidy's old team is in first overall and his current team's in second overall as we sit here right now some other teams have been just you know we've seen anaheim here recently oh. yeah, just uh, look at the pacific division uh, san jose there at the bottom. vancouver right it's vancouver but, might be getting some mojo they, like, they finally won yeah the, yeah Beat but Pittsburgh last two night. in a row yeah um look you've got a it's irrelevant. I mean, you just got to win the games, the schedule in front of you, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. So it's, yeah. uh, you know, eventually that kind of takes care of itself. But I, I agree, Shane, with that, you know, the road trip, it'd be interesting. You know, they had a little swing, right? Seattle, Calgary, a quick two-gamer, but five-game trip against some teams that Buffalo improved, Ottawa improved. Um, yeah, we'll see. Like, Montreal's never an easy building to play, no. right? Toronto, 
you know, we just saw them here a little while ago. And then, um, you know, and then Washington, not sure. Not It'll sure be interesting to see right who now. the coach is in Toronto by the time we get there. Oh, There is big heat on Sheldon Keefe all of a sudden. Is there, there heat on your buddy from last night? Oh, I, yeah, I texted him. Uh, like, I think Dallas. Dallas I feel I text, bad. For him. I feel bad. He's got. They give. They've given him. Hopefully, they, they what have, Pat Verbeek says is, "I've given him nothing. Why would I expect him to win?" Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. But I texted him after the game. I said, "Keep your head up. I haven't heard back from him yet." So mm, yeah. that's kind of telling. Yeah. You know, I think about teams that have had real success. Did you know everybody's going to lose a game? Knights yeah. have lost two, but the best teams don't lose two in a row. Yeah. Not very often. Yet, right? Not very and, often. And over the course yeah. of 82 games, it's inevitable, you would think, unless you're the Montreal Canadiens of another generation. There hasn't been that adversity yet for this group. I mentioned that the health has been there. The goaltending has been reliable. They haven't suffered consecutive losses. God willing, that doesn't happen anytime soon. But they're... Uh, I think that, that what they're doing now, just to build on what Shane was saying earlier, kind of what they're building now, it's sort of, uh, it builds a foundation so that if it does go wrong, there's enough of a sample size yes. to go back and say, hey, we already have reached a certain point where we've played a certain way and we've won. We've been able to rely on this, trust this, so we can get back to that. It's it, it, In other words, you know, nine games is not a huge sample size, but it's more than a fluke. And that's what I was thinking about the first year where, it's okay, the first the handful of games, all right, they win their first three, it's exciting. And then it continued. And then at some point, you know, the Vegas flu talk died down, and it wasn't a fluke. And then they win the division, yeah. and then they win a playoff series. So in other words, all of that achievement in the early part of the season, year one, and there were mileposts along the way, I can only imagine how much that helped the team once they got to a playoff series. So I wonder if if we're in the midst of something like that now with a new coach, you know, a healthy team. I mean, it's a different team because of the health than it was in the final months of last year. So I wonder if this is not just banking points. I wonder if it's more than that. Uh, I will tell. How do you build confidence? Yeah. Through success. Yeah. Through success. And there's a different vibe again. Yeah, yeah. I, one of the players said to me, the there, other day, there, there, "There's some jam, there, there's mojo, some, whatever you want to tell." There, there's, there's some love, more. like yeah, he love. said. He said, "Generally, we really like one another." And I, I, you know, Millard said to me, "Well, Barry Bonds and Jeff Kemp didn't like one another. Well, they didn't win, did they? They won no. a World Series? No, Pittsburgh. No, they didn't. No. They, they, they didn't right? They, they were San together Francisco. in San Francisco. San Francisco. They were with the Giants. They didn't win there, and they played together with the Pirates too." They did, eh? right? Yeah, they were like Pirates Jeff Kent with the Mets. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Sid Bream <laughs> safe of the. We Sid, always defer to you on this, like Sid oh, Bream safe it, of the plate. It's so important. Yeah, and you know John Stevens at that yeah. same Q and A said to us, he said, you know, a couple Stanley Cups to me, you build a team is down the middle. It's your D, yeah. your goalie. Or he said you can build it the other way, your goaltender, your D, and then down the middle, and then the bond in that room. Yeah, he says that is vital and it is having been on fortunate enough to be there for a Stanley Cup winning team that bond and you play on other teams that are close but it's unique it's special it has to be there I didn't I don't know and I don't and we were out of the room for a couple of years so I might be very far off Alex Petrangelo seems a way bigger piece in the dressing room than he did in in previous seasons and I and I don't know again we haven't been in there so I'm not sure how accurate that is, but he certainly is. Well, how about um, how about their captain back, Alec Martinez yeah. back? There's a lot of key pieces back in yeah, that room this for year. For sure. And, yeah. you know, and hopefully they can keep it up. Off to a terrific start, and uh, we'll see where it goes here. But uh, so far, so good for this team. This is SLGND, presented by the D Hotel. Single game tickets for all Golden Knights home games are on sale now. Take advantage of special deals like a Nevada offer, a medieval meal deal, and standing room only opportunities that start at just $25. Visit VegasGoldenKnights.com for more information. It's rare to hear a father and son on our radio broadcasts, but that was the case this week, and we'll listen back. Philip Joseph Kessel Sr. was on hand Tuesday in San Jose to watch his son break the NHL's Ironman record. A bonus, Junior scored his 400th career goal. Ready to go here at SAP Center. They drop the puck. We're underway. Phil Kessel has broken the NHL Ironman record. 
990 consecutive games. The enigmatic everyman is now the NHL's Iron Man. It's nice to see this record in your hands. A fellow American, an all-time great guy, and a guy I can call a friend. Congratulations to Phil Kessel on becoming the NHL's Iron Man. That was the voice of Keith Yandel. No longer the NHL's Iron Man, it's now Phil Kessel. And congratulating Phil Kessel on this remarkable achievement. Phil Kessel, the only man sitting on the Vegas Golden Knights bench. Howden with pressure on Hurdle, strips it away from behind. Howden guides it towards center, it's Kessel. Coming ahead, Kessel closes in towards the net, he shoots, he scores! Phil Kessel, goal 400 in consecutive game 990. A breakaway for Phil Kessel. His first strike as a member of the Golden Knights. one nothing Vegas with four minutes to go in the first period. Phil Kessel Sr. joined me and Gary after the first period. Mr. Kessel, this is Dan Duvet, Gary Lawless. Thanks so much for joining our broadcast. Congratulations. I can't imagine how full your heart must be. Can you try to describe your emotions right now? Well, it's nice. We, uh, we got to see the game the other night in Vegas, and uh, that was a, a good time because we had a lot of the family and friends in for that game. And this, one, this one's special, though. We, were, we have good memories of this building. He was, they won the Cup with Pittsburgh here, and so it uh, seems that good things happen to him in this building. We said it was a dress rehearsal last night when he tied the record, thought he had scored a goal, taken off the board, and what do you know, the dress rehearsal works out, scores goal 400 here in consecutive game 990. How about that? Yeah, it was good. It's been a while, I think, for him, so it's uh, been a little struggle lately as far as the goal scoring for him, but uh, I think they'll start coming once he sort of scores in bunches, so hopefully that'll happen now. When did you know you had a hockey player on your hands? Uh, I guess I don't. I don't remember exactly, but we he had cousins that played really early, so they started skating three, four, five. And when you're good at something, you keep doing it, so you don't. Uh, you, it's like if you're good at math, you do math. Well, he was good at hockey, so he kept playing hockey. So, and you were good at football and kept on playing football. Uh, how about sports in your family? We know about Phil's siblings and their athletic prowess as well. What does sports mean in your family? I think it. Uh, we were always, uh, we were always, they were always involved in all the sports. We tried to do it, just not hockey. They played golf and baseball and flag football and everything they could. So, I think that's why Phil and his uh, brother Blake and sister Amanda they're so competitive because they did it from when they were really little. So they, it just got ingrained in their their nature. He doesn't like the spotlight, but he loves being a teammate. Uh, the guys absolutely adore him, and he can be really funny. What was he like as a kid? Was it was it fun having him around the dinner table? Yeah, they were. Like I said, it was they were they were just competitive all the time. You know, it was if you were if you were playing whatever anything we did, cards, games, sports, anything. Somebody had to win. You know, it was just you were you were competition all the time, and I think that's why he likes what he's doing here because there's competition and uh, he enjoys being around the guys you know that's that's a big thing for him what character traits or things in his life does he get from his mom and what things does he get from his dad uh, <laughs> i'm not sure maybe his uh, definitely not his uh, quickness or speed that's probably from his mother so that's not for me <laughs> um, his mother's very competitive though so it would I would also say that came from her. Maybe somewhat of his general athletic ability might have come from me, but uh, the competitiveness and the, the speed probably were from his mother. What kind of um, advice, whether it be life advice, I mean, we know you were an athlete at a high level. Have you conversations with Phil over the years about being an athlete? What things maybe have you shared with him uh, from your life experiences in sports and outside of sports? I, I think it's just like you said. He's, he tries to be a good teammate generally, and, and if you're if you go to work every day and you sort of enjoy being there, I think you're going to be better at it. And I think that's the one thing we've always said is if you if you enjoy what you're if you enjoy what you're doing, you're going to probably do it well. It's been hard for Phil to enjoy this. 
do you think that, you know, maybe this summer or at some point you'll be able to sit down over a beer and, and have him kind of really smile about these moments? Because he's, on one hand, he doesn't like to, doesn't like the attention on him, but it's also a, a really big deal, and he wants to win hockey games. Yeah, he wants to win. I think it's, uh, I think the, in my mind, he probably will think the maybe the 400 goals getting to that level, the longevity of just going to work every day, I think that was part of his nature also. He just figured, like, you know, I enjoy playing. They're paying me to play. I, I should show up every day, and if I got a little owie going on or something, I, I still need to get out there and do something. Last thing for you, and our guest is Phil Kessel Sr. talking to us about his son's record-breaking night. With all the accomplishments here for Phil, the two Stanley Cups uh, and all the numbers, um, whether those things included or something else, uh, what about Phil has made you most proud? I think now I've, if I watch him uh, be a father of his young daughter, my granddaughter, I think that's the one thing that I... Uh, enjoy seeing him his relationship and how he's going to uh, go along with her as her life progresses I think I I enjoy watching that probably the most of what he's doing right now yeah, somehow I suppose that might be your answer well Mr. Phil Kessel Sr. Thank you so much for spending some time with us here on the broadcast. Congratulations. Hope you and Phil get to have a nice chat. Okay. Thanks guys. You guys have a good night. Thank you. Phil Kessel Sr. during the first intermission Tuesday in San Jose. We conclude today's show with Phil Kessel himself. I spoke with him Friday before consecutive game 991 for the Golden Knights radio pregame show. Hi, Phil. Congratulations. How are you today? I'm good. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, weird, weird time to start the game, but... Uh... Uh, it should be a good day. Yeah, 3 o'clock, you're on a Friday. Uh, lots to talk about here. You know, um, got to meet your dad the other night, and we had him on the broadcast, and I asked him a question. I'd like to hear your response. What did you get from your mom? What did you get from your dad? And after you tell me what you think, I'll tell you what he said. What did I get? Uh, like, in what sense? Like, what characteristics? Um, I think my dad's pretty relaxed. Uh, so I got that from him, like, characteristics, and my mom, I don't know, uh, <laughs> that's an interesting one, uh, what did I get from my mom? Obviously, uh, um, maybe I worry a little bit sometimes, I don't know, I have no idea. <laughs> your dad said that, um, your mom's competitiveness is, is, uh... Well, maybe that, hey, honestly, that's probably actually, uh, that's probably... That's probably right, you yeah. know, because she's very competitive, eh? Yeah. Do you notice that now that we mentioned it? Yeah, now that you mentioned it, yeah. You know, like, I guess that's probably the number one thing. She is competitive. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that, you know? And uh, I wonder how you think that might have impacted you and, and Amanda and Blake? Yeah, we were competitive growing up with each other and, you know, would always play games and different stuff. And, uh, you know, it was always a competition. Someone had to win. Yeah. Your dad said that uh, maybe his athletic ability of course he played football in college and was drafted by the Redskins maybe yeah I mean yeah I, I wasn't even thinking when you asked that question I mean he was a, he's an athletic per I thought you meant like their demeanor yeah. you know like uh, but sports wise yeah he was a good athlete growing up so uh, I think that's probably I got that from him yeah. you know I was talking to Mark Stone the other day and he's you know just the guys love having you on the team um, how, how do you notice that like I mean you've been with five different teams now what's that like for you yeah, I, I, you know, I enjoy being around the guys in the locker room, and I, I like to have fun and joke around, and, uh, you know, I think I fit in pretty well in any locker room, you know. There's the competitiveness on the ice, but Mark was telling me about some of the competitiveness off the ice. Uh, you nod your head a little bit. What, what are you thinking about? Yeah, I mean, I, I think in any game that I play, I'm a competitive guy, right? It doesn't matter. I don't want to lose in anything, so... Uh, if, you're, if there's any game we're playing, I, I want to win. Yeah. So how's the, the ping pong going with Jonathan Marshall so right now? I think we're one and one. So uh, <laughs> like I said, I got to improve my game a little bit uh, throughout the year. Yeah. You know, the, I mentioned a moment ago the team seems to have uh, embraced you. Um, you've said how much you enjoy being part of a team. But I wonder what it says um, about a, a group to come together. You got a new coach in Vegas this year. Um, you got a six and two start. It's one of the best starts in team history. How do you think the team is? kind of rallied around all of the the new faces yeah i think obviously there's a good team here and uh you know they showed it over the past uh, obviously last year 
you know, it wasn't the best year here, but uh, there's a lot of good players here, and, uh, you know, I think we have a really good team. Did you know anybody on the team well before you got here? Not really. Uh, I mean, Hilly, me and Hilly played together in uh, Arizona, but uh, I didn't know anyone really well. Yeah. Did, is there anybody who's caught your eye? Maybe you saw somebody play, now you see them in person, they caught your eye? I think I think everyone in there is a good guy. You know, I think uh, it's a good thing about our room here is, you know, everyone gets along and, you know, uh, everyone's a good person. When you think about Bruce Cassidy, all of his success in Boston, he comes to a new place. Well, what's uh, what's it been like getting to know him and your conversations with him? Yeah, I mean, obviously he's a, a solid coach. You know, he's had success uh, in Boston, and uh, I think it's a it's a tough league to have success. And so when you do, you kind of know what you're doing. And you know, uh, it's, he's been a good start for us here. All right, so I got to ask you a few questions about your milestones. Score 400 goals, 990th game. You've been asked all about it, of course. Do you remember your first goal? I do remember my first goal. It was like off a face-off. Uh, it was in Boston. I think Bergeron like won it kind of the, the middle, and I, I scored. Uh, I think I'm Marty Baron. I think that was it. But after that, I couldn't tell you my second goal. I don't remember that one. But the first one, I do remember. So you remember the first one. You're going to remember the 400th one, I suppose, for a while. Among the others, and that doesn't even count the playoff goals. Other goals that come to mind that you think of, gee, that you know, that was one that really meant something to me. You know what? Not really. I've never been that kind of guy that like, you know remembers that stuff or whatever I just I don't know why I can't uh, sometimes when I see a goal on TV or something I, I don't even remember until you know until you actually see it again um, but you know I, I really don't have one that I was like oh this one I, yeah. I remember do, do you keep mementos like who has the puck for example from that 400th goal sitting in my locker here <laughs> you know? yeah um yeah so there's it's in my in the practice rink in the locker that's uh, do, do you have um at home you hold on to a jersey a stick yeah, i have some of the, i have some of that stuff at home uh you know up on my especially the cup stuff you know the pictures and the you know the the trophies and stuff like that because i mean obviously you know that uh is pretty special 990 consecutive games now a lot of folks are saying it's one of these records that is not going to be approached may never be broken I wonder if you think about that at all, and um, what other records, you know, just a fun conversation, what other records in hockey do you think are going to be impossible to break? I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. If, like, I didn't even think about that. Uh, obviously, I know I play a long time, so, you know, whoever does that is going to play a very long time. And uh, But I don't, I don't even know who's close on that. But other records, I would say, like, is anyone close to like the points of Gretzky? I don't think yeah. that. I think the Gretzky assist record is not going to yeah, be touched. I, I think that that will just can't. Uh, it's just too many, right? You know, it, it really is. It's it's so many. Yeah. Uh, maybe Brodeur's shutout record. Hey, how about you get a tweet from Cal Ripken Jr.? Did you see that? that was yeah, pretty cool. I, I saw that. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, I mean, whenever you get a, something like that, it was you know it was neat. Yeah, the people that have been you know in this. Um, experience of chasing a record once they get there they say that there's been a relief that they got there and surpassed it do you think that could be the case for you yeah I mean I'm happy now that it's done with and over with uh, obviously it's been a long time you know uh, you know you don't think about it when you're when you're doing it right you just think I always want to play and you know obviously I've played a long time yeah and, and probably a lot more games ahead of you you think about what's next you, you smile right yeah, I mean, hopefully I got a lot of games left. Uh, you know, I feel good, and, you know, we'll see where it ends up. Yeah, when, when you score the goal the other day, it's not just that you scored a goal. Like, we were all so impressed with the way you scored the goal. There was a point earlier in the game you were coming down the wall, you couldn't quite beat the guy. This time, you kind of lowered the shoulder. You did beat the guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I still, you know what, I, I, I still say that. I, I, don't, I don't feel old, you know. I think sometimes you, you know, some days you don't feel great. But uh, to be honest, I feel you know, good out there. Yeah. Is there. Can you think back, do you remember a time where it was close that you didn't play a game? Oh, yeah, there was, there was many, many of those times where I probably, you know, you look back, you're like, uh, I probably shouldn't have played this one. But, you know, I always thought I'd rather be out there than, you know, watching from the stands. So if I could play, you know, I was going to be out there. Yeah. We'll wrap it up with this, and our guest, of course, is Phil Kessel. The last question that we asked your dad the other night was, what about you has made him most proud? So first, before I tell you what he told us, what are you most proud of? Of me? I don't know. Uh, you know, I 
always, you know, been a good person and a good teammate. I think, uh, you know, I care. You know, you know, I care about the guys and I care about winning. You know, that's kind of it. Your, your dad told us of all the accomplishments and all the things that you are, he's most proud of you being a dad and your daughter. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's pretty special to me. I, uh, you know, she's seven months now and it's it's been unbelievable. You know, we uh, it's a life-changing event, but, uh, you know, obviously, you know, when I talk about her, I think every time I see her smile, it's such a great feeling, you know, you know, to be loved like that. You can maybe imagine how your dad feels. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I mean, obviously, you know, I see him around her, too, and it's like, wow, you know, it's, it's a special thing. Yeah. Well, Phil, thanks so much. Yep, no problem. Thanks for having me. That was Phil Kessel talking with me Friday. For more interviews, visit SoundCloud.com slash Vegas Golden Knights and join us next time on SLGND, presented by the D-Hotel.